They teach us that birth needs medical intervention, that labor hurts. So we wonder why we should go through pain to welcome our baby into the world. Then we hear about obstetric violence that leaves us with a bitter taste birth experience and a feeling that there must be more to birth. I hear all of this and I believe with all my heart that another reality is possible. That as women, we all have the keys inside us to birth our babies and their placentas. My name is Mags and with my husband Keith, we are the Quantic family. Every week, I get the privilege to sit with passionate people that speak, speak to us authentically about birth and the quantic energy around pregnancy, birth and beyond. My intention is to diffuse their messages to allow you to make enlightened choices that truly resonate with who you are. I see this podcast as a caring and intimate place where you can allow yourself to be who you truly are and reconnect to the power within you to accompany your baby on his journey. I also wish for your partner to find his place in the middle of this transformational process so that together you become the strong foundation of your family. I truly believe that along we go faster, but together we go further. So join us. Together, let's come out of the belief system created by our society and reconnect with our intuition. Each birth is unique. May yours be truly authentic. What a pleasure to be back with you in this new year 2021. My name is Mags and I hope you are ready to launch this new year's journey towards your true and authentic self. I've prepared for you fantastic episodes with passionate people and surprises are to come along. I am still passionate about birth and the quantic around pregnancy, birth and beyond. Before I leave you with today's episodes, I am so happy to tell you that Keith and I, the quantic family, we've prepared for you a series of th three free videos to involve your partner in making childbirth an enhanced, positive and transformational experience. You will find the link to um, this series underneath the podcast episodes. And you can also find it in our link tree on Instagram and Facebook. Each birth is unique. Make yours be truly authentic. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the podcast Authentic Birth. My name is Mags and you can also find me on the social media as the Quantic family with my husband, Keith. Today, I am really happy to have with me Carol Yeah Garner. Hello, Carol. Hi. So Carol, 
you are a former hypnobirthing instructor. You taught over 300 couples how to to empower themselves through their birth experiences. You live in San Diego. Now you have a business um, with your Young Living Essential Oils. Mm-hmm. You've been with your partner, Scott, for 28 years. Yes. You have, <laughs> you have two children together uh, that are now teenagers and you gave birth to them naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when through your posts in Instagram, you speak about how you both quit your job at some point of your journey, you bought your dream home, you travel to your bucket list places, that you made loads of sacrifices, that your life has had lots of ups and many, many downs, Mm -hmm. and that you work hard, really hard on your marriage. I really understand what that (laughs) is. And um, I love how you see your life. And I I will quote you here. You are living a life perfectly imperfect. You are learning to happily achieve instead Mm -hmm. of achieving to be happy. Yeah. Thank you, Carol, for being with us today. I'm really excited. And I would love you to share about hypnobirthing essential oils and the mindset and its powers and how it can keep us in 90% of the time away from our own success. Mm-hmm. Our success yeah. in birthing, our success in life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this podcast and to share with all of your, your subscribers and listeners Um, when I got pregnant, I had no intentions of having a natural birth. So the way that my life has veered off what I thought my life was supposed to be is just hugely dramatic, but I had no intentions of having a natural birth. I was freaked out about giving birth. Um, the only people that I knew when I was pregnant that had given birth were my mom. And she came from the generation where you just don't remember my sister who had two emergency C-sections, a friend who had an awful traumatic birth, which ended in a C-section. So all I knew was that. And then what I had been taught from the media and movies of women screaming and yelling at their partners, I hate you, I'm never, you know, you're never touching me again, all that dramatic stuff. And I just thought, oh gosh, like it has to come out of me somehow, but I got to figure out a better way. So I started watching a TV show that was about birth on like the Lifetime channel on cable in, in the U.S. called A Baby Story. And it was just a half hour show. It followed a pregnant couple through their pregnancy and birth. And I thought maybe if I watch this, it'll help my brain just kind of understand how to do this. I definitely don't want an epidural. I really, really don't want a C-section. Maybe I'll glean some knowledge from it. And all the show was, was people freaking out during labor, screaming bloody murder and, you know, intervention, intervention. And then there was this one episode 
that the universe put in my path that was a hypnobirth. And this mom looked like she was asleep the whole time. She needed Pitocin, which, you know, everybody has heard Pitocin makes contractions more, you know, more severe, makes things harder. And she had Pitocin and she looked like she was sleeping. And afterwards, when she got interviewed to ask, you know, to tell about her birth, she said it was enjoyable. And I had never heard anyone say that. And I was like, I don't care what hippy dippy weird thing this lady had to do. I'm going to try that class because I've never heard anybody say that birth was enjoyable. And I didn't think I would be able to have that kind of a birth. I just figured maybe it'll help me have to have the epidural less time. And maybe it'll help me have a better chance of not having a C-section. So I found a class locally, you can go on hypnobirthing.com to find classes near you. They're international. And took the class as a skeptic. My husband, thankfully, is very willing to just do whatever <laughs> weird thing that I suggest. He's very open-minded. So we went into the class totally thinking like, this is going to be really weird. And I thought I'm not hypnotizable. I'm a type A. My brain is always going, going, going. It's hard for me to meditate. Like I, my brain just doesn't shut up. And what we learned in the hypnobirthing class is that actually if you're type A and your mind doesn't shut up, you're, you actually are the best kind of candidates for self-hypnosis and that it's all self-hypnosis, not someone making you do anything. Um, so when we went into hypnosis or self self hypnosis at the end of the class, I went in it and I was like, this is amazing. Um, maybe there's a chance that I'll have a great birth experience. So the classes teach you that your body and your baby know what to do. It's just that we get in the way, right? the messages that we've received from all the stories we've heard, the movies we've watched, the videos that we see, all have programmed our brain to make us think that birth has to be this excruciatingly painful, awful experience. So at the first sign of anything uncomfortable, we tense up. And when we tense up, we we don't allow the body and the baby to do what they naturally normally are able to do, right? In Africa, in third world countries, when women are ready to give birth, they're not calling an ambulance to have them take them to the hospital. They're not rushing to a hospital. There's no hospitals, right? They lean up against a wall, they breathe, they stay calm, they squat, they birth their baby, they wrap it up, then they go see a care provider. The woman that's in the middle of Asia in a rice field isn't calling on her cell phone. Hey, somebody come help me, you know, midwife, doctor, whatever. She's just birthing her baby, squatting, wrapping it up. And then she goes right back to picking rice, right? Like that compared to what we see in Western medicine go to the hospital as early as you can, get hooked up to all these machines, interventions, all these wonderful, quote unquote, wonderful interventions to help save our, our, our babies and our moms. But if you look at the maternal mortality and infant mortality rates of the US, 
um, since I'm in the US, like we're crazy low, you know, like Bosnia where there, you know, wars, um, third world countries do better with infant and maternal mortality than the US, yet the US and, you know, um, in Europe, like we have the most interventions, we have the most life-saving kinds of things available, yet why are the maternal and infant mortality rates so low? So we learned this is a mindset thing. Like we just have to learn how to get out of our way to let the body and the baby do what they naturally are capable of doing, right? The uterus surges, those muscles surge to help the, the cervix open, to help the baby slide on down. The baby uses its little feet to push up against the uterus to nudge itself out. And when we tense up because we're freaked out about the upcoming pain or the, the pain that we might be feeling in the moment, we release the fight or flight response, which then creates a freeze in the body, makes more blood and oxygen go to the lungs. It makes more blood and oxygen go away from the brain. So we don't have the calm kind of thinking process that we need to have. And it takes blood and oxygen away from the uterus and the baby. So those muscles in the uterus that are normally naturally capable of helping to open up that cervix and release that baby and the baby needing the oxygen to do its little nudging work, all the blood and oxygen is going to our heart and our lungs to keep us alive because our body thinks that we're in survival mode because we're freaking out. So hypnobirthing class just kind of retrains your brain. You learn how to self-hypnotize yourself. Your partner taking the class learns how to keep you calm and him or her calm as well. Um, and you learn the kinds of questions to ask to figure out, is the intervention that my care provider or whoever the care provider is that's provided, are they doing that because my baby or my, my myself, my body really needs it? Or is it because they just kind of want to push things along so that they can get the next one, the next one, the next one, right? We learned that birth is a huge money-making industry for the hospitals and care providers. Um, and so why not take back the control as long as everything's going well with my body and the baby, right? Why not take back control and let my body do what it's supposed to do? Let my baby do what it's supposed to do. So you learn breathing techniques, relaxation techniques. You end every class with a guided hypnosis session to release fear, to release blockages, to like program your brain with the imagery of what you want birth to look like. And you change your whole language. So instead of saying contraction, which sounds like, like your muscles just tense up and it's painful, right? Like a Charlie horse in your leg. Everybody's experienced when you get that cramp in your leg and you're just like, oh, like, oh my God and it doesn't go away, right? When people think about contraction, they think or they visualize what they see in the movies. Someone doubled over screaming, oh my God, you know? But if you are relaxed and blood and oxygen are going to the uterine muscles and the baby, it can be uncomfortable, but it also could be totally comfortable. 
So we took the classes and I thought, oh, I'm a good student. It'll be great. Read the book one time, went through the classes. It's five classes for two and a half hours each. Had my first birth. I hired a doula because I also wanted to just have an expert in the room that knew what to do and knew how to handle the hospital staff and knew how to handle a first time couple freaking out, you know, if that happened. Um, and I started having surges and it was uncomfortable. So I tensed up and then I started shaking and my doula just kept saying, it's okay. You're okay. This is part of the process. And I, Thank God I had her because she just whispered in my ear and made me feel like no matter how crazy and bizarre and uncomfortable this is, it's okay. And so never in my mind did I think, oh, get the epidural, like this is awful. But I did think like, I don't know if I can do this. And she just kept giving me that little whisper in my ear, you've got this, it's okay. So I pushed for 40 minutes. My son came out, he had a nuchal hand, which means that his hand was up by his forehead. So I had to get all of the elbow and all of that out. Didn't tear at all. Um, and so his birth was seven and a half hours with 40 minutes of pushing. And I thought afterwards, like, that's crazy. Like for a first time birth and a nuchal hand, I didn't tear, I didn't need interventions. I didn't need forceps, nothing. Um, but I wasn't happy with my birth because I was noisy. I made like guttural, like animal sounds and all the videos that we watched in class were like these perfectly quiet women that just were like looking like they were asleep. And, um, I thought like, oh, that wasn't me. So I must not have had a successful hypnobirth, right? Um, my own self criticism. Uh, so when I got pregnant the second time, I said, okay, this time it's going to work. I'm going to actually study, <laughs> which I didn't do the first time around. So I'm going to read my book more than once. I'm going to actually practice the techniques and I'm going to listen to the CD that we had um, to listen to during birth. And um, we hired the same doula and birth started happening. I started having surges. And because the, my first time was seven hours, I thought like, oh, we should probably, you know, go sooner rather than later. Cause my surges started happening and they were pretty regular. We got to the hospital and through the car ride, getting checked into the hospital, I had headphones on listening to this calming hypnobirthing, um, affirmations and birth, like just calming audio. And um, got to the, the delivery area and they're like, okay, go wait over there. And my husband's like, no, no, like you, you got to check her. And they're like, well, she's super calm. She looks like she's asleep. Like they thought nothing was happening. Right. And so he was like, no, like she's having contractions regularly. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. So they put me in a, in a room and then left us there for a while. And then finally a nurse came in and she checked me and I was nine and a half centimeters and they started freaking out, running around like, Oh my God, I'm going to get the doctor. And, um, the doctor came and she was just 
kind of very calm. She wasn't my doctor. She was like in the group of the doctors that I had. And she just said, like, whenever you're ready to push, go ahead and push. And I thought, all right, well, I don't feel ready to push. So I'll just like hang out. Like I'm just feeling surges. I'm calm. I'm doing my breathing to like relax my body. I'm feeling barely anything, just some like tightening, some pressure. I'll just hang out. Um, I was also waiting for my mother-in-law to show up. She got lost in the hospital. <laughs> and after about 25 minutes, half an hour, she's still not showing up. And I was like, whatever. Like, I feel like I'm ready to push. I feel pressure. Let's do this. So I pushed three gentle pushes. Baby slid right out. Um, her birth was two hours from start to finish, first sign of a surge. And afterwards, I really was able to say that was really enjoyable. And I actually wish that her birth had been longer because I feel like by the time we got to the hospital and once the doctor came in, like I had half an hour of like, you are really in labor and you're doing it, you know? So I feel like I wish I would have had like at least an hour or two of like really acknowledging like I'm actually doing this and this is incredible and I'm calm and this is comfortable. I feel tightness, I feel pressure and that's it. So after that experience, I knew both of my hypnobirths were hugely successful. The first one was just, I got in my own way. I didn't practice, I tensed up. I made sounds and that's totally fine if you need to make sounds during birth. Um, so after the, those two experiences, I felt so empowered because I had never experienced being that powerful ever in my life. And I knew I wanted to do something to help empower people. My background is I have a master's in social work. I was a licensed clinical social worker. Before kids, I had been working in inpatient and outpatient psychiatric hospitals and as a geriatric social worker. But the goal before kids was to open up my own private practice, be my own boss, make my own hours, and just work with people that need help with anxiety, depression, marriage, whatever, stress. Um, so when it came time after our second one was, you know, about a year and a half old, it was like, okay, it's time to go back to work and, and start earning some money. Um, my husband at that point was an elementary school teacher. Our income was very low and my parents were helping me. And that's always an awkward situation. Um, but when it came time to like, okay, it's time to like open a private practice, find a place. I was like, I have half a brain cell to even function as a mom of two kids <laughs> under three. Like, how am I supposed to sit there and be an effective therapist for people that are depressed and, you know, lonely and stressed and having relationship issues? And I, I just knew like that, I can't do that. Like, I, there's no way I would not be effective. I can't even form a full sentence because I'm sleep deprived. Um, and a friend of mine said, well, why don't you teach hypnobirthing? You know, you had such great experiences. 
and you'd be able to make your own hours. You'd be able to work at night while Scott is teaching. And I thought that is the perfect um, option for me. And so I took the hypnobirthing training. I started teaching. And again, the universe just knew like this was what I was supposed to do. Took the classes, um, found a place to teach immediately and clients just fell in my lap. And um, in the seven years that I taught, I had full classes. I turned people away, taught 300 plus couples. It was so fun to teach and empower couples. So many of the, the spouses or partners that came in were so skeptical and so reluctant to come. But after that first session of learning the mindset of birth, which actually also applies to life, just the laws of the mind and the thought process and the placebo effect and, and how powerful your thoughts are. And then they would experience the hypnosis session. They all couldn't wait to come back to the rest of the classes and the spouses and the partners were actually usually are my biggest fans. Um, but even if they didn't end up with a hypnobirth or a natural birth, they would always come back and tell me, thank you so much because you taught me the right questions to ask to know whether or not that medical intervention was actually required for the health of my baby or my spouse or partner, or if it was just something to kind of rush things along. So I loved, loved, loved teaching hypnobirthing along the way. I, I did become certified as a clinical hypnotherapist, opened up my own private practice and did that for three years. And I really thought like, this is what I was put on earth to do. I just love it. Like I love seeing that light bulb go on in someone's head when they realize like, oh my gosh, the way that I've been taught for blank many years is not the way that I can live my life. And um, so I really thought like, this is what I was put on earth to do. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But owning my own business, I realized it's hard. <laughs> Your income is not reliable. I get to make my own hours. But if I had a kid that was sick and I had to cancel on my clients or cancel a class, I didn't get paid. And if we went on vacation, I didn't get paid and who, and hypnotherapy is not like regular therapy where you're seeing people for years, hypnotherapy, you're seeing people for, you know, a short period of time and you're gradually like making those sessions longer in between. So it's not the most reliable way to know like, okay, I've got, you know, 10 clients, I have this much money coming in. So we were really stressed um, financially and had a lot of credit card debt living in San Diego, the cost of living in California is really, really high. And um, a teacher's income is just not paying well. So I knew I needed to do something. I just didn't know what it was going to be. I was already missing out four nights a week of tucking my kids into bed because I was teaching hypnobirthing two nights a week and seeing hypnotherapy clients two nights a week. And the only thing I could think of was like, oh, I'm going to have to work weekends. You know, my husband, it's not like he, he can work a second job or anything. Um, and we didn't want him to be gone during the weekends with our kids. And yeah, Living, again, the university just kind of fell into my life. So Young Living Essential Oils, I'd heard about 
years ago, like when I was in college and I'd heard about thieves oil. Thieves oil is called thieves because back in the days of the bubonic plague, there were thieves that were would slather themselves with spices and herbs and they would go and rob from the dying and the dead, but they wouldn't die even though they were exposed to the dead or the dying of bubonic plague, right? And so when they finally got caught, um, the police said, we'll give you a lesser sentence if you tell us what your secret is. And the secret was this combination of herbs and spices that is now in thieves essential oil. And so I'd heard about it and I had actually been making my own fake thieves oil from like health food store brand. I was like, I don't need to go to some like, you know, network marketing, direct sales thing. Like I can just make my own. There's no difference. This, the labels say hundred percent pure. Like there's no difference, but we had been using the fake thieves for probably almost two years and with minimal effect. So in October, 2013, I thought like, okay, I'm making enough money that I can afford this like $44 bottle of one oil. I will find somebody that sells it. I'll try it out and see what happens. It was October. So we were looking at the fall winter season when it's just kind of like this revolving cycle of germs. And I just wanted to be really proactive. So I found someone that I knew personally that was a young living person. And I was like, I don't want to have like an auto ship. I don't want to sell. Like I just want the oils. And so she got me hooked up with the premium starter kit, which has thieves. And at that time it had um, 10 oils and a diffuser. Now it comes with 12 oils and a diffuser. And I thought I'll just use the thieves and the diffuser. The diffuser will diffuse the thieves into the air. It'll help keep our air cleaner and the rest of the oils. Like, I don't know what to do with. They'll probably end up in a box in a closet. Like, I don't know. And then she put me into a product education group and my mind was just expanded by leaps and bounds. And I really had no idea. Like I just thought, you know, lavender is very calming. Okay. You know, thieves works for your immune system. All right. Um, and what I learned in that product education class is that, you know, using essential oils is basically like going back to when we, when our ancestors used plants and herbs for um, supporting the body and supporting the immune system, supporting hormones, supporting sleep, like all of the things that we need support with, these plant oils can do. And so um, I had a really huge success story with one oil and seasonal, um, with oils and seasonal allergies. I tried all the natural things, nothing really worked. And then I used um, a combo of oils and it worked almost instantaneously and it worked consistently for a week. I was like, I wanted to make sure it really worked and it wasn't just like a fluke. And um, I'm the kind of person that shares a great product or a great service. That's the social worker in me. Like I want to help people know about good, helpful things. So I posted about it on my Facebook and before you knew it, I had all these people saying like, well, tell me more. Cause in San Diego, almost everyone deals with seasonal environmental issues. And 
there I was on my phone answering questions and I'm selling kits, premium starter kits and people are signing up. And I was like, I guess I'm doing this as a business. I don't know. And I figured like maybe, you know, I've been involved in other network marketing companies, you know, I wasn't super sold on doing the business, but I figured, well, you know, we are in debt and <laughs> we do need to find like some extra income. Like maybe this could be the thing that in, you know, a couple of years, I'll get a consistent kind of $100, $200 little check that'll help us kind of whittle away at our credit card debt. Little did I know the universe had a very great, awesome joke on me <laughs> and my business was able to grow in huge ways. Um, the majority of my hypnobirthing clients loved the idea of using plants and herbs, natural things to help with sleep, to help with their babies, to help with their pregnancy, to help with birth, postpartum and just life stressors, everyday life happenings. So a lot of them wanted the oils and then a lot of them, once they used the oils, fell in love with them, they wanted to stay home with their babies. And so they started doing the business as well. So within a year, I was able to quit my two jobs, which I thought like I would never quit, but I love, love, love this network marketing business because I get to help empower in two ways. Uh, get to empower people to take control of their health and wellness. And I get to help my team become empowered business owners to take financial control of their future and their life and leave a legacy for their families. Um, and it allows me to empower way more people than just the couple of couples in my hypnobirthing class, the one one-on-ones with my hypnotherapy clients. Um, and so within, we kind of joked with my husband and he had only been teaching for, I think 10 years or so. So he had started teaching late in the game and in order to get his teacher's retirement, like we pretty much calculated, like he would have to teach until he was like 75, you know, and he was already kind of getting burnt out. And so we just joked like, ha ha ha, someday, like when I make what you make in, what you make in a year, when I make that in a month, like you get to quit. Thinking like, that'll be like 10, 10 years down the road. And before you knew it, we were almost there and it just didn't make sense for him to start teaching and then midway through the year have to quit and leave his students. So we decided, all right, let's have you come home. And so he's been able to stay home and be super present for our kids, which has been amazing. And having two teenagers, I, you know, we've got one almost graduating high school and the other one just starting high school. Our kids are great and we have great relationships with them and we haven't had really any of the major teenage kind of issues. I was a horrible teenager and so was he. So we kind of expected having issues, but we, we haven't. And I really think that's because he's, he was able to be present and I've been able to be home and present as well. So yeah, so now I teach, um, I use my hypnotherapy, hypnobirthing skills 
that I learned and I teach my team those same skills because mindset is such a huge part of life. Um, how we think, what we think, whether we think we're a victim or whether we think we're empowered, whether we think there's enough for me or there's an abundance for me in life, right? Um, I think most people grow up with lack as a mindset. There's not enough. There's only a finite piece of the pie and I must fight for that. And there's scarcity in all things. And I think that it's a huge mind shift to shift to a mindset of abundance that the universe, God, whatever you believe in, the, the earth, you know, there's an abundance of resources and it's never ending. And to think that the more that I create, the, the more resources there are. It's not a finite piece of the pie that runs out. If I'm super successful, then no one else can be super successful. And the model of, of our Young Living business is exactly that. We share resources. It's not competitive. If someone has a success, we cheer for them because we know if they can do it, I can do it. Um, and we collaborate as a team to help each other be successful so that the more successful we all are, it raises us all up and it helps everybody um, within Young Living do better. And so I teach um, my team about mindset. And then I've also launched a program called Love for Every Home which is about diversity and inclusivity. So with the recent events of the world, but especially in the United States with race and um, all the political stuff that's been happening, I really was struggling with figuring out like, how do I live in this world? And I felt like I needed to do something. I just didn't know what. And I needed to learn so much. There was so much that I didn't understand and that was unconsciously programmed into me. The media, again, the movies that we watched, the stories that we read, the history that we learned in school was all very one-sided. And there was a whole vast history of information that I had not had access to in terms of learning about the history of indigenous people. We got like this much and there's so much, right? Um, the history of slavery and how, and we, we get like this much, you know, about, you know, the civil war and, you know, and it makes it seem like it was just this blip, but it wasn't, there was so much. And the, the conversation is so deep that I knew I needed help. And I was stuck and I was struggling. And basically, whenever I get in that position of I feel stuck and I'm struggling, I need to find a solution. And I figure if someone else can benefit from my learning, I'm willing to share that with anyone. So I created the Love for Every Home project, hired two amazing diversity and inclusivity specialists. We started in October with a little bit of pre-learning and some um, just kind of get to know you calls, but 
we're taking a deep dive into the topic of discrimination, specifically racial discrimination, because it basically, if you learn about racial discrimination, then you learn about discrimination to all LGBTQ+, all, all of that. And um, so we start next week with a deep dive with two calls per month with our diversity inclusivity specialist teaching us and helping us unlearn our unconscious biases. Um, so there's so many little subtle things that just, even though I'm a person of color, I grew up in the United States as a Chinese American, but I associated mostly with white people. Um, I really did not want to be Chinese because when I was growing up, it was all blonde girls, you know, blonde boys and surfer and all that. And I, I wanted to look like that. I wanted to be like that. And we were, what I'm learning is I was totally programmed with this image of what was right and what was perfect and what was good. And when I didn't fit into that, that led to self-esteem issues and, um, you know, depression and stuff like that. And so I want to unlearn that. I want to teach my kids. Thankfully, we live in a more progressive um, area now. And obviously the media and movies and stuff are more inclusive, but there's still a huge gap. It's getting filled in as things happen. But I want to be empowered to learn and unlearn. And so that's what the Love for Every Home project is. It's Again, it just goes back to mindset we learn what we learn and we think that that is the whole world's perspective but we need to unlearn that like this is just what my brain holds there's all of this other stuff that everybody else experiences doesn't make me wrong doesn't make them wrong it doesn't make me right it just makes it that this is my truth in this moment that is their truth in their moment. Our truths might not meet. It, they might be completely opposite. And I need to respect and honor that that is their truth. And politically, religious, whatever the differences are, that's, that's their truth. This is my truth. And we need to find a way to come together because the ultimate truth is love and kindness and compassion for all, right? And that's what they're thinking. This is what I'm thinking. And we can let our differences get in the way, but the underlying truth of it all is we want to create a better world that's full of love and kindness for everyone. So that's what the latest project is that I'm working on. Amazing. I love how it all like flows with each other yeah i know <laughs> how you take um, these first hypnobirth like you learn it from your experience and then um you see there is a mindset behind it and you can use this mindset within your essential oil business you know yeah. the um uh, young living essential oils and that now you are taking it further to something that is also very important for you and as um, the majority of the people that will be listening to this podcast will be pregnant um, or just had a young baby, could you 
I really had like kind of two questions because you give us um, a, a kind of a, an exercise or something to do um, to um, become more aware of these beliefs that we have and that are stopping us from um, achieving what we really want to achieve, which is like the arrival of our baby for us the safest possible and and for our baby the safest possible for our baby too and and secondly I, I was um, wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the essential oils that maybe we can use and how maybe in uh, young living essential oils that they are all there you know mm -hmm. if there are any restriction etc so mm -hmm. yeah so I would really encourage anybody that's pregnant right now to really think about like what what is my what are my fears about birth? Most people fear the interventions. Some people fear after you know physically what's going to happen. Um, can I be intimate with my partner? Breastfeeding, all the things you know. Can I handle having a baby? Um, so even just the fears and, um, that we have during pregnancy about birth and after, I think it's really important to, to have those written out and to talk to your partner about them. So that, that's an exercise that we would do in the hypnobirthing classes, have people write them down and share them with their partner because their partner might have no idea that that person is scared of this, that, and the other. Um, one partner, you know, the, the birthing mom might say like, I really want my mom to be in the room, but then the partner might be like, oh, I don't know if that's the greatest idea, you know? And so having that discussion is so, so important so that you're on the same page and then using some kind of technique to release the fear of, about all of that process to really look beyond just birth. Because I think sometimes we, when, when you're pregnant, all you're thinking about is birth, 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 and like a little bit of postpartum. But like, I really encourage people to think, you know, for the first five years, because if there's even a little bit of fear about like what's going to happen once you get home, what's going to happen once you have to go back to work or whatever, when your partner has to go back to work, that can hold up a birth that can hold up labor because if that's the most important thing and that's running through your brain while you're in labor, your brain's going to be like, so clearly you're not ready for birth yet. So you're holding back. So let's hold back. And then it's just going to prolong labor and make it look like labor isn't happening, which then usually if you're in a medical setting, they're going to be like, speed it up. Let's get this going, give you Pitocin, do things like that. So I think that that exercise of just really identifying the thought process, because most people, even in life, it doesn't even have to do with pregnancy. Most people, when they have a fear, they kind of acknowledge that it's there but then they're like no like shut it down like shove it way deep I don't want to think about it but in reality if you if you just look at the fear and play it out like what are the worst case scenarios what are all the things that could happen 
what if, what if, what if, okay, this is what I would do here. This is what I would do here. This is what I would do here. I, that's something that I would do with my hypnobirthing and hypnotherapy clients. It's like, let's unpack it. What if, what if, what if worst case scenario? Okay. You get to the worst case scenario, then what? And then what? And then what? Like, you might have to live through the worst case scenario and you will figure out that you will survive it. It might not end up being the picture that you had in your mind, but in the end, no matter what, you will survive it. So then once you think and unpack all of that, put it behind the door, close it up and know that like when and if any of those situations come up, you already have thought it out. You've figured out your, your situation and your solution. But now that you've unpacked it all and put it behind the door, now all you want to focus on is the outcome that you desire. Like you got to just keep your brain picturing, playing it out like it's a movie in your head of all the details of what you choose for your pregnancy, for your birth, for postpartum, for your life as a family. And whenever those doubts and fears come creeping out of that door you shut it back down you say cancel cancel delete delete and then you reinforce the thing that you desire I choose this I desire this this is the outcome that I want and just picture it think about it and program your brain with what you want because we've already been programmed so much unconsciously with what we don't want right the news is filled with all that I don't want what we see on social media for the most part is a bunch of stuff that's, I don't want that. So we have to be proactive about thinking about what we want, what we choose, what we desire and putting that into our brain so that our brain knows there's an alternative to all this other noise and that we keep feeding that to our brains that our brain can really accept. This is, this is where we're going. And, um, if our brain, our subconscious mind knows what we want, it really wants to do that. But we often are the ones that get in the way. And so that mindset piece is, is hugely important. Um, to answer the second question, um, yeah, so there's Young Living Oils for basically everything. And so I want to just touch on me using the oils from the health food store and what makes Young Living different because there's oils everywhere like you could get oils in the states at like the at the gas station you know in the dollar bin at, at Target at the grocery store um so there is a difference in quality and purity and so while the labels might say 100% pure and natural on the store-bought ones, even on whatever labels you buy. What you really want to know is what was the plant grown in the land? Um, were there pesticides being used? Um, were there herbicides being used? How do they harvest? How do they distill? How do they test? So Young Living owns their own farms or partners with farms that are willing to live up to their standards. And we have farms all over the world. Um, and the cool thing is you can actually go to any of the farms and get a tour and see the whole process. It's really cool. 
Um, so we own farms or partner with farms that are basically 50 plus years of no chemicals on the land. So it's usually virgin land or um, indigenous plants growing on them or organic farmers farming on that land. Um, we don't use GMOs. We don't use chemical pesticides or herbicides. They do research and they'll use neem oil, they'll use essential oils. In the farm in Utah, they've actually found a specific breed of sheep that will eat the weeds, but not eat the lavender. So they just let the sheep, you know, go out during the day and eat the weeds and they leave their poop, which leads to be fertilizer, you know, so it's a win-win situation. Um, they harvest not based on like, okay, this plant cycle every day, every plant crop that we plant of this plant, we, you know, harvest on day 21 of this plant cycle. With Young Living, they invest and have greenhouses on all the farms growing each crop alongside with the crop actually growing out on the land. And in a certain time frame, they'll start doing little mini distillations. So it might not be day 21 of that plant crop. It might be day 27 of that specific crop based on the sun, the wind, the water, you know, nature for that plant cycle. And then they'll harvest by hand, by machine, by tools. They distill in medical grade stainless steel. So this is a huge, huge difference from the majority of essential oil companies. For one thing, we're the only essential oil company in the world that distills our own oils. Everybody else buys them from oil farmers. Um, so medical grade stainless steel drums versus aluminum drums. Anybody that knows anything about aluminum is not something you want in your bloodstream. It's a neurotoxin. So if they're distilling in aluminum drums, it's gonna have aluminum leaching into the product, but you don't have to say that, right? It's still pure. Um, we distill using low heat, slow steam distillation processes. So we have temperature gauges on all of the, the distillation drums, making sure that it stays below a certain temperature. And this helps to retain the plant molecules as live plant molecules. Um, so they retain the plant energy frequency, they retain the goodness of the plant that keeps the plant alive so that when we put those oils on us, those molecules can then do the same thing. Other people that distill oils will use the aluminum drums and they'll flash heat distill, which means they just light a fire. It does the same thing. It gets the oil out of the plant. It's faster, it's cheaper, but if you're heating it up without a temperature gauge, you're basically just getting a, a good smelling oil. It's not gonna have the benefits and those molecules and that energetic frequency that are gonna go into the system to help support the body. Um, and then during distillation, they test 
for all sorts of things. We have a $2 million lab in Utah that they test for mold, they test for lead, they test for bacteria and all these different things. They test after distillation, after bottling, and then they send it to a third-party lab, an independent third-party lab that works with like the FBI and Scotland Yards for third-party independent testing. If anything along the way tests lower than our standards, they'll not sell that oil. They won't even sell it to like a competing oil company to recoup some of the money. They'll use it for research to figure out like what went wrong or they'll use it for cleaning crop purposes or um, fertile um, pesticides on, on the plants. So, so much goes into making sure that what you're using is the cleanest, most pure, most potent oil versus what you find in the store brand oils. So it's night and day. And so, yes, there are some people that say, don't use oils during pregnancy. Don't, you know, do this, do that. But if you know the source of your oils and you know that they're clean and you know that there's no byproducts, synthetic byproducts, which is what a lot of those cheaper oils have. They might have a little bit of pure actual oil, but then the rest of it is synthetic. Um, if you're using really pure oils, they can be just like when people used herbs and spices and plants for supporting the body. So during pregnancy, there's oils to help with morning sickness and heartburn and sleep and cramping in the legs and all the kind of normal pregnancy kind of issues that moms have. Um, during birth, there's oils to help calm you. There's one called Valor that I absolutely love. It smells amazing, but it's really, really grounding. And so um, a lot of doulas and midwives use, they have a whole kit of oils, of Young Living oils that they use with their clients. When mom starts kind of getting more anxious, they'll just kind of wave that Valor underneath the nose and have the mom take some deep breaths to get them calm and grounded, to get them back into that parasympathetic calm state instead of the fight or flight freeze state. Um, there's oils that can be applied during birth to help with surges, to help surges get more consistent and stay more consistent. Um, there's oils for postpartum to help with, um, you know, perinatal healing, with breast milk supply, um, sleep with the baby, there's oils. If someone doesn't feel comfortable using oils on their baby, you know, you can just put some gentle baby oil, which is a blend or lavender oil on their pajamas, you know, or on their mattress or whatever. There's so many videos of babies just having, you know, a temper tantrum, crying, 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 crying. And then just mom waves some gentle baby or lavender underneath their nose. And like, they just stop crying and calm. And I just, I remember those days when the baby would just scream and scream and you're like, I don't know what's happening. I've done everything you need to do. What's going on? And like, if I could just like wave that magic wand of oils underneath their nose to help them just settle it goes you know the oils go to the limbic system and help calm 
the brain and help calm the body. Sometimes babies are just crying because their nervous systems are just kind of trying to figure out what the heck is happening. Um, and so being able to have those tools at home to just know like I can handle this and I can help my baby calm. I can calm itself. I can help my baby be more comfortable with teething and with sleep and you know all of the things that happen with babies and moms and partners and all of that. It's just, it's so helpful to just have these little bottles at home to just grab and just think about, you know, as you raise your children, like my kids know, like if they have an issue, like they come and say, mom, I got this going on, what can I use? Oh, go to the oil rack over there, go grab this, that, and the other. I mean, how amazing is it that I have kids that are empowered to know that they can take care of themselves and their wellness and their health and their emotional well-being, um, their teenage hormonal situations, right? Like to be able to support them and give them tools versus like, oh, well, you know, that's just cramping and, you know, that's just your period. Like, I don't want to have my daughter have a negative experience with her menstrual cycle. Like, obviously it's not like anything that you're like, woo, but I mean, I just want her to have tools so that when she has her cycle, she can use these things to be more comfortable, to live a better life, to, to just do things that she wants to do without, you know, having to deal with the discomfort of, of a menstrual cycle that can happen. So that's, yeah, it's pretty amazing what oils can do. And when, whenever I teach a class, I have the store-bought oils, like I have lavender from the store and then I have lavender and I usually do a side-by-side -side smell test for people. And when they smell the store-bought, I always start with the store-bought. They're like, oh yeah, that smells like lavender. It's great. And then I have them smell our lavender. They're like, oh, that one smells like the plant. And when they re-smell the store-bought, it smells synthetic. It smells like a perfume. It smells like the laundry detergent or the lotion or the, the plugins that everybody has. You know, it's a synthetic smell that we've been, we've think is the smell of lavender. But when you smell young living lavender, you're like, oh, that's what this plant actually is supposed to smell like. So there's just a huge night and day difference in terms of quality, purity, and the benefits that you're going to get since our oils retain those energetic frequencies. I love it. I thank you so much for this explanation because <laughs> personally, I've always been asking myself, you know, people in France, I've heard people saying, no, no, essential oils. No, no, don't go anywhere near and then I'm thinking, you know, if you just buy just normal toothpaste from the supermarkets, you get all these things that you just should not put in your body anytime. So especially right. <laughs> when you're pregnant. So why would you stop me in, in using essential oils that are pure, that just comes from the plant? So, okay, it's super powerful. So yeah, be right. careful not to overload yourself with it like anything really it's just common mm -hmm. so, yes and, and i love how, how you everything like blends together and how you explain it and how like 
I'm fully convinced with what you're saying. And and the power of the plant is really the going back to nature. Yeah. Going back to where we come from, going back to yeah, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think, you know, more and more people are becoming aware of ingredients and reading what's in ingredients. And I think especially I know when I was pregnant, I was so careful about what I was ingesting, what I was breathing, what I, lotion I was using, because I knew like whatever I'm putting on is going to the baby. But bioaccumulation is such a huge issue. You know, we're, we are exposed to toxins all, all day, every day. So our, it's like a cup, right? Like we're constantly being filled up with all these environmental toxins, the things in our food, like, I'm sorry, but you can't eat organic all day, every day, unless you don't ever go out to eat, you know? Um, and I'm not willing to not go out to eat because it's convenient. Um, so, you know, we eat non-organic food here and there, we eat you know, GMOs here and there, like it's impossible to completely live in a bubble. So every time we do all those things, it just keeps adding up and filling that cup. At a certain point though, the cup overflows and that's when bioaccumulation happens. Our body is meant to flesh out toxins and stuff that isn't useful, but at a certain point it gets overloaded. And that's when disease and illness happens is when our body is trying and trying and trying to keep up with all the things that we're, we're being exposed to. So when you use oils, um, and the other cool thing about Young Living is that it's not just oils. They have like every product you would ever need, lotion, shampoo, um, diaper rash for the baby. They have an ointment that's great for, you know, breastfeeding nipples. Um, they have cough drops. They have household cleaner that's concentrated that you can make in different concentrates to clean your whole entire house. So they have house cleaning laundry detergent. Like think about the laundry detergent. If you're using the stuff that keeps fragrance for, you know, three weeks, like that's not normal. And the fragrance is synthetic and then it's off gassing on you and your baby 24 seven. Um, it's on your sheets, it's on your baby's sheets, it's on their clothes. So then you're just breathing those toxic chemicals all day, every day. And so all of the Young Living products are infused with essential oils. Essential oils help to kind of go in the body, clean out the body, clean out the cells. So that way you have less chance of that bioaccumulation. And as pregnant moms um, wanting to do well for their babies and their bodies, like take control of just not not only looking at ingredients, but looking at, at a whole holistic viewpoint, like what can I do? I'm the gatekeeper of my family. What can I do to take control, to minimize, never gonna eliminate, but at least to minimize the toxins that are gonna go into this house, into this family, into this system of body, you know? I love this view of the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. that's where we are for we our are. <laughs> for our children for for everything it's yeah. how we look after ourselves to make that family thrive right and mm -hmm. uh so before we wrap up i i had two more things um right. one uh would what how do you look after yourself 
to be able to, you know, have this business and have this amazing new project, look after your children, be with your husband. And what do you do? I am learning to do that. So I am the kind of person that, like you had said, I'm learning to happily achieve. Um, I've always been the kind of person that goes, 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 and then it's always the next thing and the next thing. And once I get to the next thing, then I'll be happy. And so I'm learning to be happy in the now. And so I'm learning to meditate. I'm not that great at it. I don't, I need to like put it on my calendar. I love yoga because that is helpful, like just calm, relaxing kind of yoga because it just helps my body and my brain settle. Um, we live in an amazing home that has an ocean view. So just being able to stare out my window and see the ocean is also calming and grounding for me. And I use my oils all day, every day. Like I wake up, I use specific oils throughout my day. I use specific oils to go to bed, to sleep better. I use oils. So they're part of my life to help me deal with life better and to calm, to stay in a calmer, more balanced state of mind. I guess it's the, 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 the use of oil like this allows you to suddenly come back to the present. When you feel super agitated in your head, your thoughts are going, going, okay, so I'm just going to stop and use my essential oils yeah. to just come back to the here mm -hmm. and the now and the present. And yeah. it's so important in this society that push, push us, you know, to achieve, 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 produce, produce, produce. Right. Okay, let's come back to here. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, let's get grounded. Like I have oils on my desk, but you know, I have Valor right here. And so whenever I feel and I notice I'm not breathing, I just put a little Valor on, smell it, and it instantly just is calming. It's got some tree oils in it that all, all the tree oils are just very grounding the energy of them. Amazing. And to finish, um you shared with me a quote that you like and i would like um uh, that we speak about it yeah um so would you like to say it or oh you say it <laughs> for things to change you must change that's from jim ron yeah i think i grew up thinking everybody else must change <laughs> and why aren't they changing? And it's um, something that I've learned probably in the last 10 years or so that it's up to me to change. If, if I want change to happen in the world or within me or within my family, instead of blaming my husband for not taking out the trash, am I communicating to him that that's important? instead of waiting for whatever to happen, can I create something for myself and whoever might be interested to help bridge that gap? Um, just in your mindset alone, I think it's just so important to know that we are capable of so much just through the power of the mind, just through the power of a thought 
if you're driving somewhere and you're stressed out and you're saying over to yourself over and over and over, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, probably going to be late. But if you're driving and you're short on time and you focus and you take those deep breaths and you say, I hit every green light, I hit every green light and every green light, you say, thank you, universe or God, or whatever you believe. Thank you for this green light. Thank you for this green light. Next light's going to be green. Try it. It's pretty amazing how um, that can happen. And so the world conspires to work with you and for you. And I think that that is a concept that isn't readily taught to people. And so I think if we come from that mindset of the world is working for you and, um, and that we can change the things that we want to change, even if it's just a minute thing, that energy of just me making that tiny little shift of a thought process is so powerful. Um, I don't know if we have, I mean, we're going way over time, but I love the Ho'oponopono poem. Do you know the Ho'oponopono poem? It's a mouthful. But that poem of, I, um, I don't know the exact- I'm sorry. I love yeah, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. But the, the history of that is recent. It's not like hundreds of years ago, but the history of that is a psychiatrist went to a hospital in Hawaii, psychiatric hospital that was like the worst of the worst. The patients were violent. The staff was constantly turning over because they couldn't keep them there because the patients were just so violent and out of control. So the psychiatrist came and all he did was read the charts of the patients. He never ever met with any patient. All he did was recite that Ho'oponopono poem over everybody's charts. And within, I think, two years, maybe even less, every patient was cured. They were able to leave the hospital, no psychiatric diagnosis at all, no, no behavioral issues, nothing. So it was just his loving recitation of that poem over their charts over and over and over again that shifted whatever was going on for them to allow that hospital to actually close because they didn't have any more patients. So if that can happen for a psychiatric hospital filled with like the worst of the worst patients, what can we do with our thought process of simply putting out what we choose and seeing the outcome that we want and sending out the love and kindness that we want to receive, right? If we're saying the Ho'oponopono over and over to the people that we're having issues with, the government, the whatever, instead of like, oh, you know, California governor, like, this is crazy. I can send him loving kindness. I can send the people that I feel are diametrically opposed to whatever I believe. I can send them that love and kindness. And who knows what kinds of shifts can happen with that. But at least I, I, I love, I didn't know where it came from. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this. It, that was yeah, a fascinating story. And um, I think it was just like in the seventies that that happened, 1970s. So it's not like 
you know, decades and decades, like hundreds of years ago, like it's in the recent history. And and I love how you speak, how it can change the environment, but even if it doesn't change around you, it changes you. Yes. And, And it changes your energy and it changes the way you look at your environment differently. And then mm. there's space for your environment to change and shift. And right, exactly. Something you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. The environment that we live and in always wants homeostasis, right? Like it always wants balance. So if we do a little bit of energetic shifting, the whole thing has to shift to kind of figure out the new homeostasis. So it all starts with us. We can try and change all of the external things, but if we aren't changing within ourselves, then that that homeostasis is not gonna sustain it. It'll be temporary, right? Amazing. Thank you so much, Carol, for accepting. You're welcome. It was amazing. Thank you for everything you shared. So what we're going to do, and we will put under the podcast, all this information, where to find you, your project, um, the Young Living Essential Oils, everything, you know, so people can go and refer to what you spoke about today. Great. And and thank you. Uh, I'm really glad we found the time to speak together. I'm so thankful. Thank you. The episode is now finished. I really hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is here for you. Please contact me to give feedback, suggestions and themes that you would like that we discuss. You can find out all the information from my guests and my contacts in the text underneath the episode. I believe that it is together that we go further. So please help me to connect with a maximum of pregnant couples to support them in their enlightened choices. Go on Apple Podcasts, find the podcast Authentic Birth, Scroll down to the bottom of the page and find the section Ratings and Reviews. Click on the number of stars that you would like to give to support the podcast. Five is the best to diffuse the message further. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, look after yourself. Each birth is unique. May yours be truly authentic.